internet and welcome to the Sounds of Stadia podcast episode number 51. You're joining me this week once again by my lovely two co-hosts. To my right, your left, the man of techie teaching us, Mr. Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Good start. And uh, below him, the teacher of many pixels, Mr. Richie. I teach them pixels pretty good. He does. Very well educated pixels. Who doesn't love an educated pixel? Uh, and obviously, like I said, Chris, myself, your host, you're joining <laughs> us this week for some lovely Stadia news. If you are new to the show, this is the Sounds of Stadia podcast, where we bring you all the weekly gaming and Stadia news, and some other things sometimes, condensed down into an hour or so worth of chitter-chatter, where we basically talk stuff about games. Uh, we've got a very great episode lined up, a very busy episode lined up this week. We've got the Ubisoft forward reactions and uh, feedback we got from them. We've got the Xbox news because we have the price and date for one of our competitor consoles dropping as well this week. Some new game announcements and much, much more. But before we get all into that, let's have a look at some housekeeping we've got for you this week. We have the Monster Boy Part 11 of My Journey Continues. I won't go too much into that this week. Uh... <laughs> We, we know Just all same, about this. Same shit, same shit, different day. Same really? shit, different day, indeed. <laughs> uh, I'm still in the volcano area, but go check that out. It's one hell of a laugh, and uh, I definitely may need some help to get through some further bits, but we'll talk about that soon enough. Oh, yeah. um, if you are new to the show, obviously don't forget to give us a like down below and a subscribe to the channel, because that keeps you in the loop with extra things and extra content, such as the post show last week, where we talked about our favourite pro stadia games to date. There's been been a hell of a lot of them, gentlemen, and uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's ever-growing, and no out probably next week we'll have next month's announcement i haven't even managed to play all this month's yet and then yeah, just keeps same. ticking off and that's without all the big triple a games that are coming out this week and uh, a big one from us a huge one from us is to keep it locked to the channel so you're kept in the loop with our birthday celebrations so next week is episode 52 of the podcast which means we've made a year's worth of content 52 episodes, that's going to be crazy, and we're going to celebrate by bringing you multiple shows and live streams, content giveaways, prizes and competitions on uh, Saturday the 26th of September, so keep that in your diaries, get that date scribbled down, wrote in, digitised, however you record things, just on a chalkboard, whatever, whichever way you keep it. (laughs) Um, because we're basically going to we want to play with the community we want to play with you guys out there on some Stadia games like I said some competitions giveaways we'll jump in and do some uh, probably trials Hitman well god knows there'll be a lot of um, a lot of opportunities for community games and open like open mic sessions and stuff like that too but you know it's a a celebration of not just the fact that we've made it through a year which is incredible to think of in general especially because it's been 2020 I know considering it's 2020 as well but celebrating you survived so far (laughs) But just also a celebration of our community as well, and to everybody who who obviously is with us at the moment. All, uh, you know, we, we've had like hundreds of you so far as well, every single one of you, and we want to say thank you to you as well for your support. So definitely, definitely lock in Saturday twenty sixth. Yeah, and we'll have a probably a more concrete schedule up closer to the time yes. as well, so you can actually see when when you're available from your busy busy lives to so stop by and enjoy us. But yeah, massive massive deep thank you and appreciation from all of us at Sounds of Stadia for sticking with us for this uh, upcoming entire year's worth of content. It's crazy. Um, another big probably shout we should also do is to our lovely patrons out there. Um, you support you go extra extra mile to support us. Um, you write in with your questions every week. You chat with us in the Discord chat over on Facebook. You you comment in the YouTube comments, and it really does mean a lot to us to see that all the hundreds of people who listen to the podcast out there do tune in uh, and just give us your feedback and keep us ticking over. It makes it all worthwhile. So thank you, thank you so much as well, uh, because we are coming up on a year and we are the longest running Stadia UK podcast. So 
let's keep it going, eh? Let's keep this train chugging away. We ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. And we're certainly not this week because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it has been one busy, busy week in the world of gaming. And more importantly for Stadia because it's been... Uh, we've, we've got mentions, we've got shout-outs, we've got guest appearances, and we're going to talk all about that by bringing you what is... The Super Sexy Special Stadia Story segment, a.k.a... The, the news. news. <laughs> and it's like I said, it's been one busy, busy week. We kicked it's off. Uh, we kicked off this past Thursday by not doing a live stream, but by watching uh, a community watch along with all you lovely people out there for the Ubisoft Forward September event, where we we tempered our expectations last week. We didn't go crazy on predictions because we thought we'd reel it in a little bit and let's let's get real with uh, what Stadia's presence was going to be. And we, we discussed it on last week's podcast, but we, we knew Immortals, Phoenix Rising, Phoenix Rising <laughs> was a thing. Uh, have you confirmed heard Confirmed as Phoenix now. Confirmed as it Phoenix, confirmed. yeah. Um, it's no longer Gods and Monsters, which we all know was a better name. And I think everyone in the industry has discussed it at this point and said it was a much yeah. better name. As, as generic as Gods and Monsters was, it's officially been confirmed. And they, they started off their showcase by hitting us with a Immortals, Phoenix Rising chaperoned by some James Brown sick funky beats as well coming out uh, unexpectedly really really set the tone for the thing but more importantly we got a really good in-depth look at what the what the game is about to be honest and uh, I'll throw it over to you guys I'll start with you Tom did this okay. reinvigorate your interest did it make you pre-order the game what, what was your quick take on this kind of re-envisioned <laughs> Gods and Monsters game yeah no I, I've definitely pre-ordered it now it, it sort of um, gave me a lot more of a sense of satisfaction watching the way that they presented it. it originally that there was you know there wasn't a lot of news a lot of hype around it we knew something was coming and we saw the art style through the leaks of the um the the stadia uh leak that we had earlier on towards the uh, start of this year wasn't it towards like april ish yeah. or oh, time time makes no sense yeah time, time it was is... june one near one of the connects it was oh, it was yeah. it was either, either april or june um but um, now we've actually seen some footage. We've seen some actual gameplay of it. We we've had you know we've had dev talks and um, talking about map creation, like the whole environment and so on. It's definitely gotten me very interested in getting this game now because it reminds me, and you see this a lot in the media at the moment that they're talking about. It's like a Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild clone, but it's also got that like Assassin's Creed Odyssey um, legacy, that sort of like uh, mythology mixed into it as well. It's Assassin's Creed Odyssey with a nice skin to it, but it's also more focused on the, the mythological side of ancient Greece as opposed to the, you know, just, just exploring the Isles and the history of the Isles instead. I think I described it during our um, watch-along as what would, would happen if the Assassin's Creed Odyssey team decided to make a Zelda game, mm. but with all the concepts that probably were a bit too outlandish for an Assassin's Creed game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a flying mechanic yeah. is one of the yeah. things that we've got to think about there, right? Mm. Assassin's Creed with 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 wings and without, being able to fly around without Da Vinci's flying machine. Yeah, yeah none of exactly. That. Um, nope. so yeah, <laughs> it, it, the game is obviously a great fresh look at it. Uh, mm. it, it. It has been like I've watched quite a few bits of the gameplay that they released to the press and other influencers and such, and the the gameplay itself very much is. I, I hate. I don't want to keep making those Zelda comparisons, but it, it's definitely inspired of just copy and pasting from it. But, but we're going to hear that I think, forever now. I think we have to address that, though. I think that there is there is definitely a feeling of that inspiration there. So as much as we want to try to steer away from it, I think it's impossible to do that because it, it it's almost like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild has almost created that new sort of open world-esque 
um you know there is a survival element to it as well like with the, the feed the hunger and stuff like that but mm-hmm. yeah it, it's going to be very difficult to steer away from that i just hope that it does enough different to be seen as its own sort of franchise yeah. as opposed to being too down I, that alley i think it does because it, it seems to be combining a lot of the combat mechanics from assassin's creed you, you can see on the, the overlay the hoods that it looks very much like very inspired by odyssey yeah Mm. Is it running in the same engine as Odyssey? I would have thought so, yeah. Yeah, I'd expect so. so. I think it is going to be probably significantly different to Breath of the Wild. It's just when you've seen these big, sprawling landscapes and mm. brightly coloured hues and stuff, mm. and then going like on in like an open-world adventure, you immediately go, oh, that's a Zelda game. Yeah, it's even to a point, though, some oh. of the puzzles that they've since showcased, they are genuinely like... They have, um, you know, the puzzle rooms in Zelda? It's almost like copy-copy yeah. where she's got a weapon or a, or a power ability that allows her to lift blocks using essentially a magnet, and you put the yeah. block into the puzzle to unlock the door. You shoot arrows at certain things to, to trigger gateways and stuff, and it... It is almost, yeah, one one for one, but the, the key difference between <laughs> the interesting take is how people who've seen that game are now going to see this, and essentially probably a richer... Because, again, the, the, this game's running on, like, next-gen tech as opposed to the Switch, which is limited to the Nintendo hardware. I'm interested to see how fans really take this and go, you know what, they've kind of took Breath of the Wild and they've made it its own, its own thing, hopefully, but, it, God, it looks gorgeous in so many of the wide yeah. shots and such. Mm. Beautiful. I mean, they're definitely inviting the Breath of the Wild comparisons because, like, there's one shot where you see, like, a sp- forest going up to, like, some mountain and there's a castle and it's sw- with, like, swirling, like, red and black lighting around mm-hmm. it. It's, like, it very much looks like Hyrule Castle from Breath of the yeah. Wild right in the centre of the map. Yeah. It's like... But yeah, but you know, you know what? Inspiration, great things as well. I mean, Zelda got all the breath, of, uh, got all the breath of the wild, got all the game of the year nominations for its release year, and uh, yeah, what what a game it was! It's going to be revered as one of the best. Well, so why not copy or imitate or, or iterate on it? Yeah. Why not? It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's game of the year yeah. material. Interestingly, actually, it's not on our agenda, but Nintendo are apparently um, tell- instructing developers to prepare their Switch games for 4K. So there's very heavy rumours of a Switch Pro coming, so we might see an updated yeah. version yeah. of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, interesting. In, in an alternate universe, I've said it a few times in previous episodes of the podcast, the perfect pairing to make Stadia elevate to that next level and Switch have that internal infrastructure, that internet infrastructure, sorry, that's going to allow them to compete with Xbox and Sony, even though they, they very much play their own game, they always have and they always will done. Could you imagine a world we live in where Switch just has a Stadia app within it and all the AAA games that Switch cannot play, even the Switch rumoured Switch Pro, just playing via the internet? Because essentially the Switch just needs the app, right? It runs, it's got in, it's got Wi-Fi, yeah. it's got internet. So it, it, is it that hard push to think, think if we can I get Stadia it... on iOS, one of our latest stories hopefully, just imagine and then if they just did that partnership, I think it would help them out both tenfold. You can play Mario on Stadia be... on the cloud and you can play... Yeah, it would be an amazing partnership, mm-hmm. but I cannot see it ever happening. No, it's the it's the perfect partnership from both out my um, point of view for for both yeah. parties. But yeah, the yeah, way the because business Nintendo have got the mm-hmm. legacy in gaming, and Google are a tech giant. You combine them two things, and you've got you're in for a winner. Yeah, and I'd love to play Stadia games on my Switch. Yeah, it's speaking the of thing. Google again, though, bringing it back to Immortal Phoenix Rising, let's just let's just give a massive shout out to Phil to Phil Harrison for actually making an appearance at what I would probably say is a key moment mm-hmm. in yeah. the Ubisoft Forward event. There, well, um, right, not, yeah, not only just to like reiterate the fact that Stadia is still here and is still a thing, but 
also that actually development teams are are really sort of invested in the technology because not only are we getting Immortals Phoenix Rising on Stadia, but as part of it, we actually have got a unique island specifically for Stadia players. Like it will, this content will not be available anywhere else on any other platform at yeah. all. The only thing is, it's like I'm in on this game. I was very disinterested in it before, like the trailer. I'm very much now in. I don't know how much people who are not already in the Stadia ecosystem care about this game. I think it's it's got quite a lot of um, chatter going on the internet from what I've seen, yeah. and I really do think that, like you said there, Tom. I think Phil showing up at such a a, a widely like anyone watching this who was watching the Ubisoft conference was probably going to be a lot more people who would watch a Stadia Connect. So I think yes. him getting his face out and the brand and that giant ass logo chained up on yeah. the wall behind him. Um, was a huge, huge kind of like just a notable point. He obviously thanked Yves Guillemot and um, Ubisoft for the partnership, which we know they've been the best by far for partnerships. Yeah. We cannot deny that Ubisoft have been amazing with supporting Stadia. Um, but in terms of that, I don't think we can really talk about how much that hits home. That Oh, it's still a thing. And I've watched a few other influencers and such on YouTube since talk about it. And it's actually like, yes, they make the jokes of, oh, it's still a thing, whatever. But... They cannot deny it's an exclusive demo coming exclusively to Stadia, as you mentioned, with exclusive content. And these are the yep. type of deals that they need to be making and reaching out to and using that Google cash milk and getting it out there and really just cementing them in so then people start to think, well, actually, you know what? I want to try this game out. I can play mm-hmm. it early. And the fact that we said before yeah. previously on the show, you want to demo this, no downloads, no updates. Don't have to delete anything from your hard drive. You literally just click to play. If you've got a Gmail account, you can yeah. test out this demo. So it might be exclusive to Stadia, but it's not exclusive to anyone per se who doesn't have no, a Gmail account. You don't account. have to pay yeah, to get into any sort of special club mm. or anything. Yeah, you've just touched on something, Chris, that I forgot about. Tom, you're absolutely nuts for pre-ordering this game. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You're getting a free demo. I don't know why you pre-order it before the demo. You just love James I, Brown. I'm going to play the demo. If I like it, I'll, pre- I'll no, pre-order No, the, the whole point is I just want to be able to show off like how easy it is to actually yeah. just pre-order. Like I can literally just hit it and do it. And I'm not even being charged for it at the moment. That's one of the yeah. best things about it now. You don't even get charged until the day that it, it comes out. And then again, I don't need to preload anything. Like I know we keep singing the praises of Stadia, but again, just to reiterate the fact, I hit a button the day it comes out at midnight, which I believe it actually says on the app, at midnight probably pacific time which is yeah. about 9 a.m uk uh, 8 9 a.m uk it will be available instantly. is that true because we've seen a lot of grumblings about things coming out about five or six o'clock in the evening we have in the UK. we have but i do believe that the the launch for it is expected to be yeah global midnight pacific mm. see yeah. it, that's where i think the neatest that one of the things stadium does the criticism it does actually downplay the like the praise of yeah you don't need to preload things if you can't like okay start the game go and installing in, in the morning come back and work from play if it doesn't actually go no i can just play yeah if it, it's it, like yeah. yeah that time frame that, is that 100 and i've been very vocal on twitter that it needs sorting out because for yeah. somebody who was who was off work when avengers came out i didn't take it off i just happened to be off that day woke yeah, up sure. did the house jobs and stuff being an adult but then sitting down in the early afternoon thinking right i'm free now this is the time I would usually play, usually play a game. I played Hitman instead, so I still had time to do. But 
my mind was like, I want to get into Avengers. I can see everyone playing Avengers, and I had to wait until five pm in the afternoon. And I've seen people yeah. saying like, well, what does it matter? And it's like it does matter though because people do take time off work. If you just happen yeah. to be off that day, your time is precious. Everyone's time is well, precious. Yeah. That's why we thank people for taking take, time to listen to us three idiots talk about Stadia on on a, on a weekday. <laughs> take Thanks, a comparison <laughs> to a game I've been playing recently, Tony Hawk's One and Two Remake. That I had actually pre-installed for almost a week before it came out. Mm. I could on my PlayStation just hang over the icon, and I could see it counting down. Mm-hmm. So that got the immediacy as soon as it was launched. I had it. Yeah, I think it's just getting step. that consistency between. I think it's yeah. it's the next step in what we need to see from yeah. Stadia. Really, I know there's a lot of people in the in in the Stadia community in general talking about certain features that are missing and so on. But I think it's it's important to address the fact that, yeah, one of the benefits of Stadia, again, is the fact that we can play things instantly without downloads, without pre-installs and so on. So we need to showcase that fact by having the same release times as other platforms. Yeah. Because if we are end- ending up waiting, then rightly, as you've said, Chris, like there is no point in that because people do see that information and they expect to be able to play it then and there because we take our times to like reschedule our lives around these things. Mm-hmm sound like you know as, as video game addicts i'll call yeah. us essentially because we are we yeah. are right we, yeah, we love uh, yeah I'm, I'm the alcoholic mm. at the door at the pharmacy at another pharmacy at the corner <laughs> shop on the morning going like i need to get my bottle or something like that but i'm the, the guy at one o'clock in the morning going i should go to sleep because i'm tired but i need to keep playing yeah one more hour but <laughs> the, the the sad irony would be if we get the exclusive demo on stadia with the exclusive island but then when it comes out I have to wait. Seven, hours I have to wait seventeen yeah. hours past midnight on the day to play it, when yeah. everyone else on PlayStation Four, Xbox it's, uh, are already playing it. It's like great demo, it's great the, exclusive. Get there, Phil. But yeah. the game's still out everywhere else beforehand. Mm. Needs to be. Sad, it's so. a minor criticism that just needs. You just need to get that standardized and get it launched just, the same time. If you get it's launched minor. the same times as other consoles, then you're getting your players hands on with it several hours before most other it's, people. It's, you say it's minor, but it is still impactful. Yeah. I think it's, yes. it's something. Yeah. It's 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 again. It's a stabbing point for a lot of other content creators who are negative towards Stadia out there. That yeah. they will look for any sort of ammunition to sort of take down the platform and have their you know have their have their word about it. Indeed. You give them that, then that that's something they can run forward with. Take it, it away from them, then yeah. they have to move to the next one. And I don't so. think it's new. I think this is something that is starting to build. Starting to see a bit more mm. chatter in like the Facebook groups and stuff. I think. With things like Avengers being a big game day and day, that's where a lot of this chatter came from. Yeah. It needs to be yeah. day and day, time and time, bang on, big yeah. night. But speaking of taking things down there, Tom, other things that were taken down many, many years ago, but have since made a resurgence thanks to Ubisoft, uh, we got another game announced, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World Complete Edition on its 10th year anniversary hits us once again so for anyone who draws I, I believe this game was taken down for copyright I think it was was it the music or something basically it was removed from um, yeah. all stores in about 2016 if I'm not mistaken and yeah you, I think it was just licensing agreements expired because yeah. it was based on a comic based on a movie um that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, we, I, think, all... I think Universal had some play in it to basically like because of as you said movie rights comic rights etc etc well, yeah. there's things like a lot of Nintendo themes in the movie and stuff like, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, there's a lot of Legend of Zelda themes actually in the in the movie. Like he opens up an Amazon box and it's like the Zelda chest opening music stuff yes, like that right, is probably yeah. being problematic. Well, we know what Nintendo are like with, yeah. with copyrights. So. When there's a lot of heavy video yeah. game references and other yeah. cultural media references in one title, then it's yeah. suddenly like ah shit, we've got to go out and get all the rights to everything that we use yeah. in here. 
But yeah. kudos to Ubisoft for getting their hands on this one and, and bringing it back because it is a well-revered game. Um, we've all played it, right? At some point yeah. in our lives. I haven't played a lot of it, but uh, I mean, it's got Pilgrim's awesome, so... I mean, it's a huge surprise to see this yeah. one announced because we all saw yeah. like, the little pixelated 10-year cake appear with the candles. Uh, yeah. um, I think, what's this? Well, I, I thought like, Rayman initially, huh? but then, yeah. like, oh, it's not 10 years. You were in like 25. No. Hmm. I could have uh, no, I, I couldn't even think of anything else that would fit the bill at that point there. But um, I didn't even realize this game was Ubisoft. The Scott Pilgrim game was yeah, Ubisoft. To be honest, right. that's why how surprised I was by it. Oh, like, they've done so many games so Ubisoft yeah. over the years. And you also no think surprise. about it, like since since the movie came out, the like the movie's based on a series of six comics um, by Brian Lee O'Malley. Um, the, there is nothing else to it. it. It just it is what it is. There, there is no yeah. additional content on top of what it is. But 10 years have gone by. Obviously, we've not, there is nothing else to talk about with Scott mm. Pilgrim. So we're getting it sort of come out of like, come out of left field a little bit. Just like, oh, yeah, Scott Pilgrim, here you go. Which, yeah. I, you know, for me, I'm, I'm really grateful for because, again, like you guys, I absolutely love it. It's brilliant. Um, you know what? For the gamer nerd at heart. Excellent. I think it was a perfect game to be in the second announcement slot as well. Because we've just okay, we've just had Immortals uh, Phoenix Rising. It's like okay, he's a new big new IP, and he's a massive, he's a massive surprise of a cult classic mm. to get yet gone. It's like it's like it's like your yeah. Battletoads announcement or something, isn't it? Really, The only interesting one to this is if you had purchased the game originally way back when on PS3, Xbox 360, you're gonna have to buy the game. Unfortunately, yeah. which this isn't forward progression and stuff. It's the complete edition, but obviously the game was. Pull from other digital stores, but if you obviously if you had it installed on your hard drive and stuff, that's fine. Um, I don't know if they yeah. ever did a, a fit. Them will have done a physical. Vor- actually, say that I don't think I've ever seen this game in a box. Actually. No, I don't think so there was ever a physical edition of digital it. Digital only. So mm. it's it's like one of those other licensed games, like uh, Deadpool. You can't get your hands on Deadpool because Activision lost or pulled the license or something, so that went as well. So if you want it physically, wonderful. If you ever want to play a Deadpool game, good luck. I mean, that is the advantage of physical media and actually even just digital like, downloaded media. It's like, if it's on your hard drive, it's still there. Yeah. It's something I think Stadia and like xCloud and things might hit a problem within probably not five, ten years, but maybe maybe like ten years when licensing point, yeah. does expire. So yeah. developers have to pull the game. When the lawyers get involved, damn lawyers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Aside Maybe they'll figure that, out ways. They'll just sort. No, it's it's on your account, but you can. No one else can buy it or something. Yeah. And then um, next story that moves us on to then is you, you're saying there, Richie, the perfect second slot was for uh, a kind of to make a comeback. Tom, your long-awaited uh, desires to see the Sands of Time once again, Prince of Persia, um, getting a remake. Ubisoft, I called on the thing. Ubisoft's first remake. Even though they've done it remasters, is. and this gets back to the mm. conversation with what's the difference between a remake and a remaster. So they've oh, yeah. they've took the original game, they've they've redone everything well with it. It's had some criticism, I think, rightly so. Um, mm. I'll give you my hot take on it in a second, yeah. Chris. <laughs> yeah. So they're remaking the game. Uh, they've brought Yuri Lowenthal back as well, uh, voice of Spider Man. Made did the voice for the Prince originally, and. Uh, They've, they've outsourced it to not outsourced it. It's a new team in uh, India, I believe, the new Ubisoft yes. team. So they're they're working on it secretly. They're really passionate about it for the nostalgia and everything. I uh, I think I did have this game, Prince of Persia. I think I played through something else, and I think I got stuck on a puzzle. And as like a, a young teenager back then, I think I just gave sold t- took the game back with the receipt because I couldn't get past a certain part. And that was before <laughs> guides or I just think I lost patience with it and took it back. But I know it's well revered. Yeah. 
Um, so it gives you a hot take then, Tom. Are we happy happy and saddened by this? Did you want more? I mean, Prince of Persia Sands of Time is one of my favourite uh, platforming, puzzling games uh, of quite like quite a generation, really. I played the ever-living shit out of that game. I loved it. Really, really, really enjoyed Prince of Persia. Um, and controversially, I also really enjoyed the Jake Gyllenhaal movie as well. Oh. Just, just it's it's just because it's just because I'm a Prince of Persia fan. Like I, I love the series. Um, I was really, really, really excited to actually see that they are actually remaking it. And and you are right. It is it is the first Ubisoft um, title that is being remade. It's not a remaster. It is a pure remake. Um, we saw video footage during the forward of the actual like motion capture. They had um, you know. Everything was motion captured, everything down to the way that Yuri Lowenthal was holding the dagger mm-hmm. as well um, in his hands. Um, and then they showed us how it transitions from the mocap into the actual game art, and then it looked like a bag of shite. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I I'm hoping little... you're not going to come here and yeah. defend it because. I was a little defensive during, the, um, <laughs> during our live reaction because, like, oh, because like, we're streaming it, then streaming it on. So it's lots of compression no, going no, through no, no, but it's no. like no no I've rewatched it it, it no. looks like a bag of shame so <laughs> so there's a couple of things we should say as a caveat here is yes Richie you we are you are right in our in yeah. our react we were watching a video of a video essentially yeah. you know that kind of a video of video game footage um Yes, it is still in development. Yes, the game hasn't actually come out, so there is time for graphic, like for graphical overhauls and so on. But it looks like it was made in two thousand and thirteen. Like, yeah. If when, you told me this was an early PS3 game, I would go, "Oh, well, that's it. Yeah. Okay." Well, this is where the conversation <laughs> like, of like remake or remaster. So when they've done a remake, have they just took the PS2 version and moved it up to PS3 quality? <laughs> Did they not realise there's another that, two generations now? That almost? would be. That's what a remaster would be. You're taking the yeah. assets that already exist and polishing up. A remake will be. You're generating the assets from scratch. Like a Final yeah. Fantasy VII remake. Like, how much of a difference is that from PS1 yeah. so that's, to PS4? This is, this is what goes back to, like, how uh-huh. do you define uh-huh. each one? Because Ubisoft but, have done the Assassin's Creed remasters of yes. certain games, and I've, I've yeah. platinum the Ezio uh, collection as well, and those games do infinitely look and, and play better, in my opinion. But for a remake from the ground up, it should look a damn sight better than this, right? Yeah. I can what? show you a screenshot of a remake between Resident Evil and the newer yeah. Resident There's Evil. There's loads going around. It's, it's yeah. becoming a bit of a meme on Twitter. Yeah. It is. Um, it is. I've the seen thing it. for me is, sometimes we can be def- <laughs> defensive for developers saying, oh, it's still in development stuff. But it's like, well, this is a trailer. This is what you've decided to show us. Yeah. This is a leak. This is an actual yeah. trailer that you... January. <laughs> January 21st. Um, All right, so but even this less is, time. <laughs> yeah. So this is what your development team, your marketing team went, this is what we're going to publish. If this yeah. is a standard of your game right now, that's what you want to publish and sell, try and sell the game on. Yeah. You, I, I think, think they've already given... Have they given up on the game? Uh, they just, I, don't, I don't think they've given up on it. I do think that, again, I don't want to jump to their defense here, but I do. we do have to give you know some comeuppances to basically say, like, look, it is a new studio that Ubisoft have, have taken on, essentially, or a new studio that they've founded. Yes, okay, it is not as, as graphically um, impressive as you would expect to see. But, you know, I'm hoping that that isn't the final product because um, in the back of my mind, I have an idea of ubisoft um and it's not always the best uh, like the best opinion the best thought when i think about ubisoft and sometimes i do think they cut corners on certain things um and with 
the Sands of Time remake, I feel like they're cutting corners graphically, and that is not a good thing to do considering we're just about to I... move from one generation to the next. Ubisoft used to do that a lot, but they got burned heavily um, during like the Assassin's Creed um, Syndicate and Unity yes. era, and they changed their practices a lot mm. and basically won back people's opinion. But well, let's I don't know. Like, that, uh, old you know when you see a trailer hard. and they go, "If I was <laughs> putting together hard. this presentation, I'd be sending that trailer back on." That's it's, not ready. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I always think Ubisoft have been amazing at getting the environments right. We've seen that in many, many yeah. games from San Francisco and Watch Dogs 2 to Ancient Greece and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. They, they, they have the landscapes and architecture nailed, but sometimes when it does come to the, the characters, um, I don't think they necessarily have the facial animation down because they do things on such a large scale and there's so many studios that help out. If you ever start up a Ubisoft game, you get a list, a list of about five studios that all helped out in the making of the game because it's, it's globally cross-pollinated across so many divisions. And um, when it comes to it, some of the scenes look really good with like the lighting and the, the, the rooms and the, the sand and everything like that. But then there's that scene with, the, I think it's the princess or something, or the, the woman in it, and her eye, like under her eyes, it literally looks like you've took a cartoon from like 1998 or something and just moved it over. And yeah. Yeah. It's there's no so, detail on her face other than like these glaring eyes, and it's like, whoa, that I, is rough. Again, sorry to jump in here, but I do wonder whether they're looking for a certain aesthetic with the Prince of Persia series as well, because I know it's it's not the kind of franchise that I would expect to see being completely like high res 4K textures, um, looking like The Last of Us Two. That's not the kind of game that I expect Prince yeah. of Persia to look like. I think if they do decide to go down the sort of um, slightly cartoony esque, let's say like Fortnite esque, crater esque. Like I don't want it to, hmm. but if that's the yeah. way they want to take the it, thing is you look yeah. at you talk about Fortnite. This art style's cartoony and simplistic, and I, I'm being quite vocal. I don't like it. Yeah, but the textures are actually good. Mm-hmm. This is the textures are actually bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not the biggest graphics guy. I can play a game with okay yeah. graphics. But watching this trailer, I think the graphics would be like it put me off playing it. Like it'd be just the standout as being bad, and I'd find that distracting. Yeah, but it's got a few more months to stay yeah. in the oven. And if you are uh, still with us, tuning in, watching us, strap in because it's probably going to be quite a long episode this one because we've got a, a yeah. bumper week. We're still talking about the Ubisoft forward because there was a lot of stuff, and I think uh, interesting caveat to the Sands of Time remake it's not coming they didn't announce it for next gen they did say it's only PS4 and Xbox One Mm -hmm. so it's not coming it wasn't listed for Stadia as a lot of games were at the conference but it also wasn't listed for PS5 or Xbox Series X and S so is that what's holding it back as well like are they not they're not even pushing it to next gen because it's running on a PS3 at the moment is that the the takeaway from it but this is kind of what I said like I've kind of just almost given up on it a little bit it's like they're bringing it out for current gen after <laughs> next gen's already released mm-hmm. on a trailer that it looks like early PS3 graphics. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't. What yeah. my opinion honestly is, is they're testing the water for a full reboot of the series, and I think if they're putting this out there <laughs> to gauge the sales and interest and the fervor around it, and then they go yeah. great off the back of the success of that one, we're we're going to relaunch it as a. A new franchise, essentially. Do you think they may have just completely forgot that they had this studio that had been developing it for quite some time, and they just went, "Ah, shit, we need to announce this at some point." So they were like, "Oh, we've got a slot in the uh, in the September in the September forward. Uh, let's just let's just get it done with." 
as oh, Richard let's said, just get it, let's just get it out. Let's just get it yeah. out. It's we need to get it out the way. Let's push it, and then we can just it's move their, the studio onto something it's their else. Atari version of ET. Yeah, that maybe. older, that old. Maybe they have done the research <laughs> and they've got okay. Why is a beloved franchise? We don't think it's going. It's going to sell what we needed to to put any more money into this game yeah. so let's just launch it recoup what we can and move the studio on to the next thing mm. yeah. it's also not uh, by today's standards it's not really a, tra- a traditional current Ubisoft title either the style of games they've switched yeah. to are these massive open worlds with like multiple online components and, and ever present when we look at their entire roster of like For Honor uh, Rainbow Six mm-hmm. Siege uh, the crew it's it's all about being online and connected the division and, and such like that uh, which brings us to our next story which we did get the, the whole showcase wrapped up with a new game announcement a new IP uh, we all thought it was steep <laughs> just out of nowhere uh, but it turns out there's a new IP Riders Republic coming from Ubisoft and it also is known coming, as Steep 2 also known as Steep 2 uh, featuring Trials and all the oh, other the crew free. Yeah, the crew free. It's a set, I actually thought for a time it was going to be the crew three, but essentially it looks like an amalgamation of basically every extreme spot on the go in this kind of similar to the crew, like an open world America with multiple hub locations you can jump between. But you can do freestyle biking, bike racing, skiing, uh, the rocket, what the raccoon flying raccoon suits, what they call like. <laughs> Like uh, wingsuits, wingsuits, yeah, wingsuits, because they feature heavily in Far Cry games as well. It looks like it's going to be a competition of them with a lot of multiplayer, almost like battle royale elements, maybe with like fifty crazy bikers all heading downhill uh, at once. Doesn't personally do anything for me, um, but I've seen loads of people online say like this is their jam. This, if this is like the spiritual successor to Steep, because Steep as a as a franchise is quite, I think it's got quite a niche audience. Yeah. I think yes. it's quite a smart move by Ubisoft to bring all of these different uh, extreme sports into maybe just under one umbrella and say, we can have season content for Winter Olympics or we can have seasonal content for the BMX um, competitions that go on and stuff. But having, I think, all on the same ever-present platform is a smart idea for them in terms of like pushing a new IP. Yeah. And the name actually fits what the game is. Yeah. Thoughts, Richie? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's not for me. It looks fine. If you like games... I- Compared to Prince of Persia, it's actually quite beautiful. <laughs> yeah, the colour, <laughs> like, colours, and stuff. It's like, yeah, which I think is kind of more important in this style of game because, especially if you're going down a mountain, you want the landscapes to look awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Ubisoft yeah. Annecy for this one, then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you're into the game, it's going to be good. I think the timing is going to be well, good as well. At the start of a new generation, yeah. it can almost, if they support it, it can almost just last the entire generation. So on that note there, um, just to confirm that in the current gen version of it, you will only be able to have up to 20 players in a single session online, whereas next gen will be able to support 50 players in a single session. That has been confirmed. Yeah. What's an odd odd difference? What about Sadia? Which do they fall on current or next gen? Well, that's that's the question really where I was going to go with these because obviously we're now at the uh, on the cusp of of getting next gen. We you know we have a story we're going to talk about in a moment regarding next gen, um, but we still don't know where Stadia falls in these things for new games that are coming out. Hmm. I, I think it's one of them, depending who you talk to, they have a different interpretation. Yeah, it depends which servers they allow us on, I... because I imagine that if it's going to be a server based on current gen, the server capacity will be kept at 20. Whereas if it was yeah. just a, a purely just on a server basis, yeah. I, I think we're probably going to actually know more about where Stadia falls in terms of is it current gen or next gen or somewhere in between with Cyberpunk. Because that's yes. going to be the first big game that's going to straddle the generations where you could com- do a compare comparison between the PS4 
PS5 versions and Stadia and see which yeah. is the closest to. I'm with well, you. Well, I mean, we've also got Watch Dogs and Valhalla and stuff. True. Oh, true. Yeah. Come on, do that. But in terms of Rise Republic, I think again, it's it's a game for definitely people who are into the, those type of sports. It looks great, and it does look like another copy and paste Ubisoft. All like the character things. It looks like they've got a bit of Far Cry New Dawn thrown in there, a bit of Watch yeah. Dogs Legion, like like the kind of crazy things. But the aesthetic is very much Ubisoft. They're also yeah. massively at the moment. Seem to be um, they, they seem to be on like a on like a paint like air, air like air spray aerosols yeah this yeah. seems to be their jam at the moment doesn't it like spray bang, paint bang and all that rebels stuff. coming out yeah it um, seems to be their jam yeah i mean we saw that throughout the entire conference so some of the mm. news that we will touch on but it wasn't really stadium specific so we we saw a big announcement for rainbow six uh siege world cup uh they announced that it's going over to next gen as well so if anyone who bought the game on previous consoles i know me and richie both have it on ps4 and yeah, this guy Tom. Uh, it's going to transfer over to next gen, which is great. Still, no mention of Stadia if it's if it is coming. Uh, they mentioned it's got like twenty five million plus players worldwide. It's the biggest year they've ever had, so it's it's hugely successful. But no sign of Stadia yeah. just yet. So I'm we'll, optimistic we'll for a next gen version of Rainbow Six Siege coming to Stadia. Well, I think that's the most version. likely out of it at the moment. Yeah. Um, we also another we also another horrible tease of Sam Fisher coming in Rainbow Six Siege to the Operation Shadow Legacy drop, uh, which went live. I think there getting it's getting closer. So the, <laughs> he's still there. He's just not getting his own game. I actually thought it was a bit disappointing to see them end the conference with Riders Republic instead of a Splinter Cell tease, like a genuine yeah. thing. But we did also the tease hear is so that. easy. If just at the end is just uh, him pulling down his goggles, and that's it. Yeah, but it, he didn't. We, Still have to wait. Still have to yeah. wait. Um, we did find out, interestingly enough, through Watchdogs Legion, the the kind of focus they put on that. Um, Stormzy's in it. The thanks art for the is copyright strike. Yeah. Story. That's thanks yeah. for the copyright strike on that one, Stormzy. <laughs> it wasn't a strike. Yeah, well, it, it, we, we both yeah. got a message um, for doing basically his whole song <laughs> in digital format. I'm sure loads of people checked out if they went into that type of music. Um, but more importantly, that was followed up with a special reveal of one Aiden Pierce returning from. Uh, the original Watch Dogs game up there himself, Aiden Pierce. Cool. Um, hopefully, he's going to have a bit more personality this time, and he's going to be able to do a few more unique things that make him uh, really own the game. Uh, that comes with uh, exclusive storyline. We didn't see anything from I think which we didn't expect anywhere, but in our predictions, we had uh, Rayman. We were expecting to see for his twenty fifth his twenty fifth anniversary. Um, nothing from there. Nothing on that front, unfortunately. We didn't see hear anything from Rainbow Six Quarantine even though that game would probably be imminently due out where it's yep. at who who knows we didn't hear anything about Uplay Plus funnily enough no even though that's that big people. like you would have thought they want to focus yep. on a oh and all these games you've seen today you could play on Uplay Plus nothing of that no mention of that on and, Stadia and now not Stadia which we didn't expect anyway <laughs> and obviously Skull and Bones is quite as well but aside from all that Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, separate from the show actually we should point out was brought forward um, in time, so the nineteenth of November, which was its original release, it was brought forward to the tenth of November, which is yeah. a very, very important date. Which moves us on to our next story of the week, aside from the Ubisoft Connect, Ubisoft Connect, Ubisoft Forward. <laughs> uh, we got some competition news. So, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the uh, Xbox ship has steered itself or it's just to say the Xbox ship had a bit of a leak this week, which forced the hand with their reveal, and uh, we now know the release date. And the price for both the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S, 
which I want to try my absolute hardest not to get mixed up throughout talking about it, <laughs> um, revealed to the world via some very short, simple, straight-to-the-point tweets. And uh, I think it surprised a lot of people. So uh, for anyone listening out there, watching out there, we've got our two two points of entry to the next, uh, next-gen next series of Xbox. And we've got the Series S coming in at a cheap, cheap price of £249, €299 Euros and dollars. Or the Series X, which is the top end of the spectrum, which is £449 or $449 or Euros. Um, different ends of the spectrum there. They're covering both bases, in my opinion. And uh, more importantly, I think the thing we wanted to focus on with Stadia, with it being high competition, is the, the pricing. I think that's something that we've always we've been massive advocates about, the entry point into gaming. And this is the reveal of next-gen, gentlemen. Um, it comes also, they're doing it on a, a payment plan which we'll talk about a bit more. But just to get your initial first thoughts on the pricing strategy, having the two boxes, and uh, yeah, will you be picking one up, I guess is the answer. Question. Uh, Tom, is, what do you think? What do you first? Uh, the the S is extremely cheap, in my opinion, for a console. Um, and if we want to talk about the monthly plan in a, in a bit, I'll hold my thoughts a little bit longer on that, but I have a lot to say about that. I won't spend too much time talking about it, but I could go on for quite I've, a while. I've got, some, I've got some actually interesting numbers to go through in that one. All right, um, so in terms so, of the actual yeah. reveal yeah. themselves, what do we think of 299 yeah. as an entry point? Or two, uh, 249, 249, sorry, 249. I think I think it's yeah. incredibly well-priced for a new gen, yeah. net, for a new, well, uh, gen console. Honestly, incredibly. the... X coming at four four nine pounds, that's still quite well priced. Yeah, absolutely. Like, have you actually seen the size of this thing as well? By the way, the S the S is about half the size of your PS4, like mm, literally yeah. half the size of the PS4. Yeah, in terms of its overall size, it's the size of a graphics card in a computer. It's so small. <laughs> did it, did anyone see over well, the weekend? Phil Spencer actually had it on his shelf during yeah, his, one of his virtual yeah. presentations back in July, and it was that yeah. small and did not look like a console. Nobody even knew or, or clocked uh, it. Well, Easter egg. if you think <laughs> about it, have you seen the different? Have you ever seen like a, a size comparison between like an SSD and a, H- a hard drive? Mm-hmm. SSDs are tiny; they're yeah. literally like that big compared to hard drive, which might be like that. For audio listeners, so that's going to save you. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> a big, a yeah. big comparison and a small comparison. <laughs> yeah, they quite just go- Google a, like a size comparison. There'll be loads out there, but you'll save a lot of space in that, and that'll actually be probably better for thermals as well. Yeah. Mm. Now, Definitely. in regards to these two consoles, though, can the Series S is it is it truly classed as next gen then? Because from what I've read about, like the it doesn't do. Like, it depends what you define next gen as, but is the Series S that much of a step up from the Xbox One or PS4 Pro? Like, is it is it far enough on that? Yes, we know it's going to play all I the games because I believe the S has a 500 gigabyte hard drive um, mm. SSD inside it. Sorry, yeah. um, which is what I should say there. So it's it's, it's almost like another because... 0.5 iteration. Yeah, isn't it? it's not yeah, truly. But I think this is a problem that you have when you when you start releasing things like a pro model in in the current life cycle. Like I get it, they want to sell things, they want to you know they want to get money, they get more people and regenerate hype, like like re, reinvigorate hype, I should say. But it does feel like it is like stopgap steps going up. Yeah, well, I think Microsoft have been fairly open about that. They don't really care about console generations too much anymore. That they are going, they are. This is, I think, Series S is the ne- in the next generation 
mm. product line, mm-hmm. basically. So it's the entry level of that product line. So it will yeah. play all the next generation titles with no caveats. Series S. Apart from things like some games may not be as graphically as good as the Series X, etc. Yeah. But we'll play them. A couple of specs for you real quick. Series S um, resolution is 1440p with 4K upscaling. So yeah. that's that's very much in sort of like the, the current yeah. Stadia sort of ballpark really mm-hmm. yeah um you know we with, with certain games we know it, it does have the capability of playing some games natively in 4k but a lot of them oh. are currently upscaled to 4k uh, 120 frames per second excellent um 10 gig of gg gddr6 ram um processor is is a good quality processor uh, it is a step up it's definitely a step up is it enough of a step? I guess only time I, will tell once games actually start coming out. I'd, I'd say so. Um, one thing we often sometimes forget when comparing consoles is what TV you're plugging it into. Mm-hmm. I dare say like, 1080p is probably the standard in most people's living rooms at the moment. If people are yeah. moving on to 4K as they buy new TVs, but 4K I wouldn't say is the standard. Yes. Let's let's give a shout out back to the the PS5 discussion as well with yeah. Mark Cerny with all the tech spec details, which um, which was bit of a yawn first um but again we we do need to remember that regardless of specs as well it's all about how the games actually run on them and how the games are actually optimized for running on that particular set of hardware and the hardware is obviously very um very much a combination of things it's the way it's all organized together that's more important the way that the data runs and flows between things so we can look at the specs and we can say yes it's a step up but until we actually see things playing on it, it's very hard to actually make an, a, a formal yeah. decision. Yeah. If you've got um, an Xbox, what's the pro version of the Xbox current the Xbox One X? If you've yes. got that, I, I wouldn't anticipate you seeing a vast difference when playing on the Series S, if a difference at all. Mm-hmm. But chances are, if you're playing the Series S, the Xbox One X. You're probably looking at the Series X anyway. Yeah. You can already see how confusing it's starting to get yeah. with all these names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they definitely want to go to that mobile Apple yearly iteration it's... model. Like the Series is now, and then the letter is obviously going to be their the iterations, like the, the yeah. iPhone 10 that was an X or such. If... Um, to bring it back around to Stadia, though, yeah. specifically, um, yeah. I think we should focus on really the price. So yes, 299, <laughs> 249 is an amazing entry point for quote-unquote next-gen. In regards to that comparison with Stadia, though, we know you can pick up a Chromecast Ultra and a well box with a Premier Edition for around about the £80 mark now. Yeah. yeah. And as you were saying there, Tom, it does the whole 4K upscaling, the how it plays. It's got the the, the SSD hard drive there. For fa- 512 isn't that much by modern game standards. Something like no. uh, it's any big game title, I think Avengers clocked in just short of 100 gig with its day one patch included. So you're talking probably, once you take out the internal workings um, and the software that Microsoft put in there to start with, you're probably looking at maybe four to five game, like big title games you can have at any given yeah. time. And then you're still going to have to install them because and there's no disc as well because that is a digital only version. So yeah. it's cut corners on a few things. But again, I think we should we should stay true to what we talk about here, which is the, the entry level value for Stadia. And I think at eighty five, eighty pound, whatever it's cloning in at the moment for the Premier Edition, it can be understated. That we all thought the Series S was going to be a dongle, right? That was going to be their entry level to like X Cloud and stuff. But it's not. I, I didn't have a clue what it was going to be. I assumed it was going to be basically what it is, a light form of a console. I I imagine maybe there's some sort of dongle coming out 
later when xCloud is a bigger thing than it currently is. Hmm. But I think that's probably a few years down the line because they don't want to get in the way of people buying the boxes that they've been probably working on for almost a decade. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's an interesting one. But uh, will either but, of you two be picking one up? I would have interested. Did it tantalise you enough? Did it make? Did it tickle your fancy? I am still waiting to see what happens at the PlayStation event, which I believe is being held on the sixteenth. Yeah, the sixteenth. Right. My thing is with Xboxes. I have absolutely nothing against Xbox, but I don't particularly have anything for them. There's none of the exclusive titles that have ever really jumped out at me as must plays, which is why I've been very much more in the PlayStation camp, despite arguably actually being plagued. And platform agnostic mm-hmm. yeah i would more for my use case i would be more likely to get the series s because i'm not going to use it that much so and i'm basically saving myself 200 pounds yeah for, can we sorry can we yeah. pivot at this point and talk about the xbox all access Sadly as well can. because i think i think that is actually a fundamentally different discussion point to have um when considering stadia because so to, to give a little bit of information, the Xbox All Access Pass basically gives you the console and Game Pass Ultimate as at, with no interest added on top of it at a fixed monthly fee. So if you decide to go for All Access instead, you can actually get the console at a zero pounds price investment plus um, just paying a monthly fee instead. And you get Game Pass alongside that. So you can actually get the console. If we're talking the Series S, it works out to 20 pounds and 99 pence a month. Um, I assume that's probably just a continuous payment until perhaps the console is paid off i'm i'm not 100 percent sure on that 24 months it's 24 24 months and then traditionally after 18 months you can actually trade in your console and get whatever the latest iteration is as well and keep the plan going so they're actually taking a very very much similar to um like the mobile phone market model there aren't they instead which is which is very very interesting when you consider that you get in the hardware at no sort of like entry cost point um but again, even look at the Series X as well, twenty eight ninety nine a month as well. It's That's not much, not more, that much different mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, the the interesting thing from that is just the the affordability it makes it. So yeah. it can't be understood that this has uh, Game Pass Ultimate combined with it too. Yeah. yeah. So that clocks in at around ten pound, eleven pound in the UK. Um, I think it's fourteen dollars or something in the states. That bundled in, I think, Richie, you were doing the maths on it. It actually works out you yeah. save sixty dollars, so, sixty pound or something over the course yeah, so of the two the, years. So the maths I have um, is actually taken from a Windows Central article, and it's all in dollars, so sorry to our UK audience. But the Series S is like $299.99. Um, 24 months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and bear in mind that's Xbox Games with Gold, it's um, Xbox Game Pass, and it's EA Play now. Yeah. Um, that was a new Spoiler one. for the next that, story. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it, it's, it that comes in at like about $360 over... T- like for 24 months worth of that so a total of like um if you bought them separately would be up 660 dollars so you're saving yourself 60 dollars yeah now the big thing with all that though then is we talk about subscription models and i guarantee you especially with the way the world is right now asking for like the 449 up front or the the 500 dollars or whatever it is for the consoles outright and then having to buy games on top of that where we know a lot of next gen games are coming in at 70 dollars 60 pound Instead, gaming's an expensive hobby. We've always said that. Whereas now this option, if you were to compare it, so if you were to play Stadia, yes, you'd have a cheaper entry point at the the eighty, ninety, hundred pound, whatever it is for the pre- premier edition. Then your pro subscription on top of that, 
the difference, the comparison thing that needs to be made with this now is for what is it around twenty? So twenty pound ninety nine a month for so just 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 over ten pound more with Xbox, you get Game Pass Ultimate, which gives you all their day one their exclusives day one day and date. So Sea of Thieves, Crackdown, uh, Halo, Gears of War, you get all of those day and date on release, plus all the extra third party deals. As you mentioned there, Richie, we might as well fall that story in now. EA yeah. Play which is EA's version of that, is now included. So that's all the big sports titles, Jedi, Fallen Order, all those type of games that EA bring included as well for just £10 or more than Stadia Pro. So the value is really, yes, the entry level's less, but with Xbox, you're now getting the console, the controller, two years of all of these amazing games for just a little bit more, and it's a well-known brand. So then it's like, where where does the argument fall into? Well, and this is where I think Stadia need to make some kind of move. What I think would be interesting is like this: take the Series S for example, for basically twenty one pounds a month. If you are the sort of gamer who every year you just buy the new FIFA, mm-hmm. very casual, twenty one pounds a month, and you get the new FIFA every year over the next two years. That's awesome, and you got co- and your next generation console. Yeah. I do think though that EA on top of other stuff. Without saying that, Richie, the EA Play, yeah. it is the EA Play base level you get included, not the uh, Premier Edition. I so, did check, and FIFA 20 is currently on That's the, what I'm the saying. Version. So you get the older yeah. games, but when FIFA 21 would come out, I believe you get early access to it if you buy it, but it's yeah. not like day and day included in the EA Play thing. So you, so you yeah. get discount off new releases, but until they add FIFA 21 into their like EA Play like, library... So it's not it's not as good as you maybe think off the bat and think oh I get Madden I get FIFA I get all these games you actually for the new releases you do have to wait for them to drop onto it but there's still a wealth of titles that all the Battlefield games I believe are on there and all the other things Plants vs Zombies Warfare. If you go on the, you go on the EA's website and just go on the play and just Xbox games FIFA 21 is prominently featured. I think that's the early access to it like the ten days played early or something yeah. I don't oh, get another yeah, one to watch, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Another one it, I mean, watch. it'll always evolve. But in terms of value and big yeah. titles and big names, already it, that does kind of make Stadia look a bit like, oh, so I could pay Pro for a tenner. It does. But... It does. However, um, there are things moving behind the scenes with Google. As of uh, earlier today, um, ChromeUnbox.com have reported that Google's new Chromecast has a new name and a solidified low price. Now, the new Chromecast device is is expected to be priced at a lower point than the Ultra when it comes out, but it is meant to feature Android TV, so you get the remote with it as well. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who have looked through the APK stuff from way back when, Android TV is expected to be getting Stadia integrated as part of that service now. Um, as well as that, Android TV obviously allows you to download apps from the Google Play Store as well, including Game Pass, right? Including Xbox Game Pass. So what we could have, essentially, is Google could also be then providing a, a new device that would allow you to have access to not only Stadia, but also Game Pass, of which you could just pay the monthly pass for Ultimate, the monthly fee for Ultimate, to get Stadia and um, Ultimate at I get once again a lower price point than going in for something like the all access pass instead. Again, this is just speculation at the moment, but we'll have to see what actually happens there. But if we do get a device that can play Stadia and can play game, um, Xbox Game Pass uh, games through the X Cloud, we could essentially be onto again another bit of competition here of sort of like bringing that price point even lower down. 
It's just remember, crazy. It's just crazy. It's getting very complicated. Do you remember the days yeah. when you just buy the box, you put the thing in the in the box, and then you play the game? And that was it. That was yeah, all there was to gaming. Again, I think you get cartridge. Yeah. yeah. And now you're you're weighing up different product plans from multiple companies to play yeah. the same game. Now it's teaching thing. it's teaching kids to be good at finance. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, someone needs to write Tom. Someone needs out, to. Out, lads. <laughs> but How am I going to spend my time to buy a game? <laughs> I do think with all this, though, we need to... There are a few facts that we do need to look at. And yes. <clears throat> the biggest one for me is this... As much as this payment plan, if you're looking for an entry into the Xbox world, is great, it is subject to you passing a credit check with a third-party creditor. So, mm. unfortunately, when everyone turns of the legal age to get a contract on finance, 18 in the UK, you don't always have the best of credit, unfortunately. So, £25 a month, some of you may have experienced it yourself out there, trying to get a mobile phone contract as soon as you turn 18 is never a guarantee. Usually, you still need your parents to get it on in their name for the first couple of years until you build up your credit as an adult with credit cards and, and whatever. Um, so, it, I can see there also being disappointment of people going in with the intention of signing up to this ultimate, um, complete all-access plan and then leaving with nothing because they failed the credit check. And that's the harsh reality of it. Yes, it's yeah. a great deal, not percent APR and stuff, but that doesn't guarantee you're going to leave with it. Um, the other and thing to that... with bad credit as well. Of course, yeah. yeah. And it, it, there's the risk of if you miss a payment, what are the repercussions of that? Are the debt collectors coming around? They're going to come and take your Xbox and your TV and everything else to pay off your debt that builds up. Like There's going to be a lot of small print, which you will have to look out for. I always yeah. believe if you can afford it outright, you are better buying it outright, even at a 0% APR. However... Yeah. The other thing we should probably talk about with the Series S and how it does compare to Stadia is still, with this being a digital-only edition, and we've mentioned about the hard drive being so small, Stadia still has the win over that. If I plug that game in, I still have to download the 90 gig of Avengers file from the internet. Yeah. So you, if you've got yeah. poor internet, you could be I've, waiting hours well, to play that. At 500 gigs, if games are coming in around close to the 100 mark, you're looking five to probably eight games on your hard drive, and that's it. If that, exactly. Maybe a few indie games thrown in the mix. But then, so there's also the download aspect. Um, but then again, Stadia has that portability factor as well. So there are there are a few oh. pros and cons which go There's arguments, them. absolutely. There's arguments yeah. in every which way. And absolutely. even then, at the end of it, in two years' time, you'll need to get yourself another Xbox, potentially. Whereas with Stadia, the theory is you just, you've, you've got it. Once your foot's in the door, you keep sure. going. You know what this makes in a weird this is going to sound like out of nowhere it makes crossplay even more important hmm. because there's so many different ways coming to play games even just in the Xbox ecosystem for example yeah that you want everyone to be able to play how with whoever mm-hmm. with yeah. but pick up the best system or platform or whatever that suits their use case what gets left behind? Yeah. What gets yeah. left behind? Um, speaking of being left behind, that brings us on to our next star of the week. Uh, we've had an update from Apple. So we all know that, and all of you unfortunate iOS users out there who haven't been able to play Stadia on your iPhones or your iPads, and also haven't been able to play the xCloud beta, which uh, the xCloud actually officially launches in two days from the time of recording this week. So if you're listening to this now, it's out there available on Android. Go fill your boots. It's officially out there. Stadia's competition is live in the field, uh, unless it's iOS. Now, Apple have came out this week, and uh, it looks like they've they've tweaked their App Store rules slightly. Um, I think they're trying to come across as the good guys. Um, <laughs> but essentially, they've changed their rules, so you are allowed the streaming services on their App Store with the, with the, the, the tiny little granular detail that the game's need to be regulated and checked and individually represented on the store themselves so to, to give you an example of that it would be if you wanted to play 
Orcs Must Die on Stadia via your iPhone, you would need to go to the App Store. Stadia would need to get Orcs Must Die 3 certified, verified, checked and reviewed for official representation separately from all the other games in the whole console platform on the App Store to buy through Apple Direct, which then would divert you to the Stadia app, <clears throat> which you would probably need to download as well. It, this isn't this isn't an answer, really, is it? It's just... No, it's not. It's no. stupid. It's... So even with xCloud, you need, you need... So all the 100-plus games on game, xCloud and Game Pass what, what, need to be certified what, individually for iOS. What they've Broken done ridiculous. is they've, review, they've reviewed some lines in the policy that don't make sense, where it's pretty much when, no, you can't do streaming services... It doesn't yeah. make sense to be allowing for like Netflix, but not for gaming. But they still just gone. No, you you cannot install another storefront on, onto your Android, your Apple device. Yeah, it's just not feasible, right? Like the the, the, the the logistics required yeah. to get these games individually certified, yeah. just to go on the App Store, and then imagine trying to explain to a consumer that oh, there's Ox Must Die. Oh, I didn't know that was on iOS. Bye. They pay Apple the whatever money, and then it tells them they have to download the Stadia app to stream it. And they now it, it, it's just so convoluted. It's not consumer friendly, in the slightest. Yeah. It's not it's not friendly for the businesses. And now Microsoft have came up with a statement and said this isn't what we're looking for already. No, Stadia have, have yet to comment, but I'm sure they're under the same mindset where well it, they just need to keep pushing them. Right, Stadia have a bit more of a vested interest because if you can't play any clouding service gaming service on Apple devices, that's them pushing the Android market. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a. I mean, they're going to let, let Microsoft fight that battle for them. Yeah, it's it's. I genuinely just think it's them defending their Apple Arcade model, and they don't want people spending money on other stores. But I've seen it's loads just, of articles say yeah. Apple give the green light for Stadia and XCloud. It's like, no, they haven't. No, the light's no, not even no, on Amber. No, 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 if no. that, it's clickbait. No. It's clickbait. It's 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 literally exactly what you've said. They're just trying to make it look for the court case that's going through at the moment that they're the good guys and that everybody else is in the wrong for what they're trying to do. And it's not going to work because you are absolutely right, Chris. It is completely anti-consumer. It's just not... It's it's ridiculous. You're literally asking them to walk through a maze to play a game. That's that's what you're trying to do there. It's just a joke. Well, have you met Apple? Like, uh, yeah. this is what Apple does. It's making me even happier that I've switched ecosystems yeah. now because yeah. I'm just like, what is the point? Yeah, when what the news the dropped, I thought, oh, Tom's just changed his iPhone over to Android and then they released this. And then I opened the article, I was like, we're no further on. We just you just made you just gave us a different complicated route to get the games on the well, system. All they've done is they're basically now no longer treating gaming separate to like video streaming services, but the storefront side of it is still not you know putting another storefront on, which makes everything just not work. Yeah, you've yeah. not you've definitely not heard the last of this story, <laughs> that is for certain, because the yeah. I'd imagine all the, the other bigger companies are not happy with this and they're surely just going to have to keep pushing it in a court of law and yeah. it's we because they say they're doing it for to be consumer friendly and making sure that their iOS store is <laughs> clear and it's the best for our customers and blah 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 but the reality is is yeah not, not allowing people the variety and the option to play their games wherever they want yeah. it ain't, it ain't the thing is though all the games are already rated before they go into Stadia so the rating thing is just nonsense yeah, but we'll like, keep we'll keep a keen eye yeah. on this one as it evolves. But as of now, yeah. I don't think you'll be seeing Stadia or XCloud or any other gaming platform for that matter that's no. cloud based on iOS anytime soon. So if you're thinking about getting a new phone, uh, there's some lovely new Android ones out there you should yeah. check out in the market. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, final news stories of the week, gentlemen, before we wrap up, we've got some new games confirmed. We had uh, one of them leak as part of the ESRB ratings a few episodes back, and uh, it's it had final confirmation from the official Stadia account now. We have Risk of Rain, Rain 2 confirmed, um, and we also have uh, from THQ Nordic, Chronos uh, Before the Ashes. Uh, two very different style games. Uh, Risk of Rain 2. Tom, I believe you've played Risk of Rain 1. Yep. Um, it's a, a yeah, it's sort of like um, an action platformer, roguelike, definitely uh, sort of title where you you know it's a two D sort of plane that you you run around, you shoot, kill enemies, collect things, try to make um, progression, fight bosses, blah 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 blah. Um, the second one is actually a little bit different in the fact that it's uh, three dimensional as opposed to two dimensional. So uh, complete graphics overhaul, very very different indie game. Um, I love roguelikes, but I was never really taken by Risk of Rain. However, I am still excited that it's coming to Stadia. And more importantly, because it gives me a good idea that developers are still talking about Stadia, more importantly, they've also confirmed, devs, that they are creating exclusive content for Stadia in the game too. Which, which is, is an interesting concept from a, a roguelike. A roguelike. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. they said in the trailer it says, new stage, play first on Stadia. So they've got that in mm-hmm. there as well, which off the back of the uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising news that it's, there's an exclusive island being made for Stadia players. Um, it's interesting to see yeah, how they're tweaking. It could even be just while the developers are getting familiar with the, the Stadia behind-the-scenes work. They're like, well, while we're testing it out, we'll just make something and then yeah. it just happens yeah. to work to end the game. But obviously we don't get the kind of pre-order bonuses and stuff that other platforms get, so it'll be interesting to see if this is the new, the future of what it looks like here is some state-exclusive well, content that you can only do with the power of cloud we, gaming. We do for Gods and Monsters. <laughs> we do what? Get pre-order bonuses. I mean, like, physical thing, like things to take. Oh, yeah, the physical stuff, yeah. 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 Um, so that, that was one of them. So Risk of Rain 2 has been confirmed. Obviously we don't have a date yet. And uh, the second game, Kronos Before the Ashes, um, we should mention that I thought this was a new announcement, but after looking into it, um, it's a, it's an old Oculus Rift game that we used to play in VR, and it seemed to have like Resident Evil fixed camera points, and you played, you had, as a third-person character, you move them through the level from like different locked perspectives. So it looks like they've took that VR game and they've kind of retweaked it into an action-adventure RPG. I'd be interested to see if the cameras are still locked, or it's more... It's more behind the player, kind of over the shoulder view. Um, I have to say at this point that I hadn't he- even heard of this game until two same. minutes before we recorded, and I watched the trailer and I thought, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> oh god, it I is the, the most tra- bizarre trailer I've ever watched the, for a game release. The trailer is absolute garbage. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's just call it what it is. It's, it's like yeah. describe it's the it. Like, it's oh, plain below, so describe right. it. Right, mm-hmm. so you're starting off with some girl playing um, games in a room. It's very dark. It looks very 90s-esque, which would fine if you were like a retro game making a comeback, playing nostalgia, but no, this is new. So weird choice, but... <laughs> so literally, this is about a minute of her doing nothing. That just, you know, being in a room, Saturday, dancing around yeah. to some music. Literally I nothing thought that was to do game. with gaming at all. Yeah, me too. It's, I was like, oh, the graphics confusing. look really good. And then I was yeah. like, oh, hang on a minute. This is just real, real life footage. She, she plugs the game into what looks like a retro console, like hooked up to an old CRT, which is quite bizarre. Like, And then the trailer starts like a f- 50 seconds into a one minute 30 trailer. <laughs> I feel like it just like badly edits like gameplay footage well, on top of this girl like playing. And then there's a, there's a little bit where she's like, 
her mum is like, it's time for dinner, and she has a oh, stroppy teenager. <laughs> uh, is she even a teenager? I thought the actress actually looked a lot older than like the probably the age group know. she's trying to be. Yeah. But aside yeah. from all that, the the key thing to take away from the from the game itself is it does have a unique aging mechanic within the, within the game where every time uh-huh. you die, your player ages, so the actual their stats and abilities yeah. within the game become degraded because they've, they've got older. So it's kind of like if you die, yeah. you are generally going to come back a little bit older time on time. So you could end up just being like an 80-year-old <laughs> at one point with like weakness stats, no power, no strength, which in turn probably makes the game harder to progress through. So it's quite an interesting mechanic oh, to have in there. See, that's an interesting mechanic, and if it's done well, it could be awesome. So why not put that in the trailer, not some... Um... That's a random thing. Like, yeah, boy, yeah, he's a girl down for a dinner. Doesn't want a dinner. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> if at the end of the trailer she was like an old woman, mom is dinner ready. <laughs> She's got, she wants a yeah. soup. I just, what, I'd love to have been in the meeting that came that created that trailer because yeah. that was odd. You could literally take the real live footage and just cut it in with any game footage at this point because the two don't link up in any way, no. shape, or form. No. Um, but yeah, it's 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 laughable. But uh, we'll THQ Nordic do what they want, right? THQ Nordic yeah. do what they want. The, the the actual footage from this is probably from a different division of THQ Nordic, and they just happen to have some footage free. And they're like, oh, rather than go buy another trailer maker company out, let's just put it in the game and put them to work. But yeah. crazy one, crazy one. So we've got two new games coming, and uh, a final point of note as well: we've got some Baldur's Gate three news dropped this week as part of the developers' uh, interview showcases, yeah. and we have Crowd Choice coming days. Awesome for Baldur's Gate. Mm. Yeah. How how do you think it would work best for Baldur's Gate then, Richie? Crowd Choice. What what influences um, well, would it have? Well, Baldur's Gate is very much story-based and there's mm-hmm. key decisions you'll make. I've only played one, two. Um, I didn't actually play Siege of Dragonspear. I have it, mm-hmm. but um, there's key decisions you make in terms of, especially in two, on things like your moral- morality of your character, mm-hmm. which means you can lose party members or even actually get different endings, go down like, it's your very Dungeon Dragons, lawful, good, chaotic, evil yeah. style. Right. And th- it's even things like character creation, crowd choice... If you're playing this on stream, you basically engage and could engage with your audience to build your effectively. This is the character we're going to play together. It'd be interesting to see how they do it in terms of like your your party or your your characters' yeah. interactions with other players and allowing people or interactions with NPCs, I should say, and yeah. allow or like a pivotal story plot points and allowing chat to make the decisions for you. That's the kind of stuff we need. Hmm. It's good yeah, stuff we need definitely interesting. Obviously, we do get that in about two weeks' time, end of the month, <laughs> two weeks for September. Yeah. So exciting yep. stuff finally coming. We get to see what Davy Jones is up to, uh, and all his crazy octopus crew. Uh, and then uh, yeah. exactly, and then by the end of the month, we should also point out as just one one final note as well. We we did a, a post show episode about about missing in action stadia games, and I've seen some fervor over on Twitter about where the hell Madden Twenty One is this this past week because obviously it's now out on other platforms um, everyone you're just going to have to add it to the list add it in there with yeah. Jedi Fallen Order Spongebob Destroy All Humans because these games are now out everywhere else announced and uh, the final thing of note is Dead by Daylight we've, we were told it was coming in September with Crowd Choice we presume um, we've got two weeks left of the month gents when do you think we'll see this in the next two weeks you I... think it's going to be this week's stealth drop I think it's going to drop on Thursday yeah, I think it's Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think it's going to be, we've had this sort of like the last couple of months, we've had these sort of like pro pro month, pro games at the start of the month, and then a pro game in the middle of the month. 
I think that's th this month. I think it's going to come this month. Uh, so this yeah. month, this week, this week. We hope it's going yeah. to come this month. <laughs> Do we know it's, it's this month? Is it confirmed to be a pro game, or is that just speculation? No, no. But I think I hope it's a pro game this week. Be nice. uh, I feel like they would announce game, it as no a DLC. pro game. Yeah, yeah, I think they would have announced it as a pro game at the start of the month. So remember, we got five, six games this month, right? Still, yeah, we did. Even though I'm pretty sure I also said it would be a stealth drop pro game midweek. I think a few episodes back, so I won't say too much on that one. Um, <laughs> but that brings us to the end of this week's news stories. It's been a busy one. Obviously, we've covered off all the Ubisoft co uh, Connect forwards. Damn it! Why do I keep saying? But we probably should be due another uh, another Stadia Connect soon, right? We were promised one. I mean, it's nearly Stadia's yeah. one-year anniversary. Yeah, we're coming so. up yeah I'd expect October. it. Either that. on the anniversary or the run-up to it. It's going to be something. Next week. Yeah, something's <laughs> got to yeah. be due. Something's got to be due. Um, but as we speak of next week, as I mentioned at the top of the show, don't forget to join us next week for episode 52, our one-year uh, content and the celebration that will follow. Thank you, everyone, for dropping by this week for the Sounds of Stadia podcast, uh, where we've talked about quite a lot of stuff, quite a lot of stuff. Um, all the Stadia stuff as well uh, don't forget as always to like and subscribe to the video and the channel so you are kept in the loop with all the upcoming news stories and live streams that we bring you we've got another live stream this Thursday don't really know what it is yet maybe Avengers probably some more Avengers I would guess um, and uh, all the celebratory stuff to come as well yeah. but thank you very much for tuning in hope you all have a great week of gaming my name's been Chris I've been Tom I've been Richie we've been Sounds of Stadia everyone thank you very much for watching goodbye bye bye, bye.